My name is Sharon Snow, and I am president of the Silburn Community Action Association. Um, I've been the president for the last 15 years, and um, I actually grew up in the Sandtown, Winchester area of Baltimore City, attended Baltimore City Public Schools, um, graduated from Coppin State College back then, um, worked in the field of education, teaching in the Baltimore City Public Schools for a few years, and then um, decided to go to graduate school to get a degree in guidance and counseling, but ended up being offered a fellowship in vocational rehab counseling. So it was pretty hard to pass that up when they were paying your tuition and giving you a stipend. So that's ultimately the field I went into, working for the state of Maryland for about 12 years and uh, in private industry for another maybe 10 years and recently retired in 2016 and continued all along to um, fulfill my uh, responsibilities and my passion for making a difference in, in the Silburn community. And I actually moved into the Silburn community in 1982. Um, thought it was and still think it was a great community. It's um, pretty stable, it's healthy. Um, Baltimore has these pockets of um, what I call healthy, strong, uh, neighborhoods and uh, but you can go two blocks or three blocks in any direction and it's a whole different um, set of circumstances um, but I consider Silburn to still be a pretty healthy stable community it has a large number of homeowners that have been there for quite a while we have a strong community association um, and we try to continue to make a difference in the community. It's something as a community leader and advocate you cannot do by yourself. So it involves, um, you know, a lot of people who, who want to see and make a difference, as well as the young people, you know, um, have to pass the torch. We have to get them involved because the young people are our future. And if we don't invest in them, then um, we have a lost future. So that's pretty much um, how I kind of look at my role as a leader in the community. And uh, I thought you could maybe describe a project or an accomplishment or, you know, tell a story about something that you were able to make happen in your time um, in Silvern. Yeah, one of, one of the major things that, that I'm pretty proud of and has been such a benefit to our community is a partnership with LifeBridge Health, specifically Sinai Hospital. Um, initially, there was no partnership, although Sinai supported what the community did in terms of allowing the community to use um, their facility for meetings um, and different activities, but there was no solid partnership. And so um, it came to a point of um, they needed something from the community and the community needed something for them from them. And so we sat down at the table 
and some of the things that our community needed that I recommended was um, uh, scholarships, um, a summer camp, being able to financially support our children to go to a summer camp, uh, employment opportunities. And there were a number of other things. I, I was pretty, I'm pretty, uh, pretty pleased with the scholarships and the summer camp because, and of course the employment, but our kids had nowhere to go during the summer. And we are a working community. So you know, parents have to work and our kids needed to be instructed, um, well-supervised um, activities during the day. We didn't want latchkey kids. So, you know, out of that um, negotiations came this partnership with uh, Sinai. And that was around maybe 2006, somewhere around there. And so it's been a very healthy and beneficial relationship since then. We've had several kids who have graduated from college and got the support of scholarships. Um, up to 25 kids per summer were going to a summer camp, and we supported the community summer camp that was initially um, established by the um, Grace Outreach Community Center. And then in later years, um, the church, the Grace Presbyterian Church continued that um, summer camp. So we had up to 25 kids. I mean, to the point where the kids were going every summer that eventually they reached an age where they became counselors at the camp. So um, that, that, was, that was pretty big for me to see the kids want to come back and make a difference as well um, through a program that they benefited from through the years. Um, and like I said, we have several kids that have graduated from college. Um, and um, it's, it's just been a wonderful partnership. We're, we're last year because of the pandemic, each year, two major activities that we have each year, that is a back to school bash that was going on before I moved into, into the community in 1982. They were doing this back to school bash where they were giving out um, school supplies to a couple of hundred kids. You know, I had a parade through the community and then the actual activity was held at Sinai Hospital's um, Samowski Auditorium. Um, with speakers, with um, activities for the kids, with lunch, and then giving away the school supplies. So last year, because of the pandemic, um, we couldn't do any gathering or having activities like that. And so I suggested that we um, support Pimlico Elementary Middle School by purchasing tablets for those kids who did not have tablets as of yet. And so um, we ended up, we had, um, we had um, several thousand dollars left in our budget at the end of that fiscal year. And so we were able to pay 14, we were able to purchase 14 tablets. Um, and Sinai matched that. And so we were able to supply 28 tablets to 28 kids, um, not just from our community, but 
um, wherever they lived um, that attended Pimlico Elementary Middle School. So that was pretty significant because, um, you know, as an educator, that's my number one um, goal is to support Pimlico Elementary Middle School so that our children can have a chance in having a better education. And, and you know, that that's that's one of the things that um, that's one of the things that kind of um, keeps me going is making sure that, you know, education is first. And so we, we strongly support Pimlico Elementary Middle School and the principal and the staff there. What do you want to still kind of see change or improve in, in your neighborhood or in Silver? Yeah, one of the things is education because, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, in the 80s, um, Pimlico Elementary Middle School was one of those premier public schools. You know, um, it, it had good teachers. It had a strong support system. The kids were um, functioning above average there. It was just a great school. People came to that community to purchase homes and to settle because of Pimlico Elementary Middle School. But over the years, um, I guess a lack of support or just the sign of time of the times, it has um, fell below um, what is really needed for our children to succeed. And so um, that's one of the things I would like to see come back is a a strong um, educational system at that school. Um, also, um, housing. We've had a lot of um, homeowners that have either moved out or passed away, and the property has just been left and has come to being just, you know, a shell or a place for crime and grime. And um, I would like to, and, and you know, with Park Heights Renaissance um, and the funding that's coming through the community, um, I'm looking forward to that change um, back to a, um, you know, more stable and thriving uh, community surrounding the Silburn community. You know, so I, I think in about 10 years, maybe 15 years, we're really going to be back to seeing a difference. One of the things that I miss is the library. You know, how do you shut down a library when you have a community full of children? And, but um, that'll be coming back. Brand new um, 21st century library is, you know, on the books. And so hopefully in the next couple of years, that will. Um, you know, be a big staple in the in the community for our children. Well, I guess, can you talk a little bit about what got you kind of involved in this work and um, why you do what you do? Mm -hmm. so I, heard, I heard you talk about the children, for the children, but were there people in your life where, um, that influenced you to do this type of work? Or, yeah, what brought you to that role? Well, I grew up in a community of educators. 
um, across the street from where I grew up, there were three teachers. One of them became my first grade and third grade teacher. Um, and then next door to me was a vice principal. She was vice principal of Bates High in Annapolis. So I kind of grew up in an educational um, uh, community. Um, I have educators and social workers in my family. And um, I just come from a family of compassionate people and uh, supportive people and people who are about um, education. You, you, you can't make a difference unless you're educated about what's around you and, and how to um, make those changes that are needed. So I grew up with, um, you know, uncles and aunts who attended Morgan State University who were involved in voter registration, you know, um, equality and um, those kinds of things. And it's, you know, why I do what I do, I can't explain it. It's just a part of who I am, you know, and it, it, I do it without thought. I do it without, it, it, it's not a task, you know, and, and when you're doing things that aren't a task, then they are enjoyable. And, um, and I like working with people and I like seeing children I like seeing the light bulb go off in a child's head when they discover something. That's why I'm real excited about your project, the art project, and the activities that will be going on at the Arboretum. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your work, um, your community, Baltimore, um, uh, you know, any other stories or thoughts? Well, I'm a native Baltimorean. I love Baltimore in spite of all that's going on that is, you know, portrayed negatively. I still think Baltimore is a good place to live. Um, it's a city full of communities and it's a city full of people that have, that are compassionate and have a passion for making a difference. And um, I've never lived anyplace else but Baltimore City. I'm a city person. I don't want to go to the county. I you know, I don't want to go out, you know, somewhere too far from the city. To me, the city is the heartbeat. And it's where, you know, everything is thriving and everything else is systemic to that. And I just like being a part of it. And I enjoyed the harbor um, about, um, what? And from 1997 until 2007, I worked um, downtown for the Empower Baltimore Management Corporation. And it really was the first time I really got to appreciate and enjoy the harbor. You know, we would go take a walk for lunch and sit by the harbor. And it was just, a, it's a beautiful place. And it was a couple of times I, I forgot I was in Baltimore. I was like, wow, this is really nice. Because I've never, you know, just going down there for an activity. 
but not just to enjoy and appreciate the surroundings, you know, and, um, you know, I love Baltimore and I'm going to continue to do what I can to make a difference and invest in the children because they are 100% our future, not 80%, not 90%, 100. Everybody was uh, born, a, you know, was a child first. So we, we got to invest in them. They're, they're, they're our future. And, and um, I'll just continue to do what I'm doing as, as God leads me. And um, yeah. It's, yeah. What would you say to like younger leaders, you know, other young people that want to do similar work to you? Like, what would your advice be to them if they want to get more involved or if they want to um, take on leadership roles in their communities or neighborhoods? Yeah, I mean, they can start right in their communities with their community presidents, um, you know, doing things for some of the um, children that are younger than them or the elderly in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they can start with contacting their elected officials. And it's easy to find out who your elected officials are by going on the website um, for the city. You know, uh, who you can type in who are my uh, elected officials and um you know, a site will pop up where you put your address in. And once you put your address in, it will list. You can start with your elected officials because remember your vote got them in the office. And so they're there to serve you and you can get involved that way. You can get involved by just keeping clean where you live, you know, picking up the trash in front of your door, cleaning your backyard. You know, just just start there. But, um, you know, it's not easy. And just find your niche. And uh, if you have a bad day or you get down or you're tired, what are some things that you do to kind of lift yourself up or take care of yourself? I contact uh, somebody that I think may need something like a ride to the grocery store mm-hmm. or just to have a conversation or, I, you know, I'm not one of these folks to um, have pity parties. And I do have every now and then some relatives or some friends that are call me and I say to them, nah, I can't come to your pity party today. No, no, not today. You can call me another time for an invitation, but not today. You know, let's, you know, I'm grateful that I woke up this morning and feeling great and, you know, in my right mind, I just want to help somebody else have a better day. And typically that call ends up being a call where the conversation gets to a point where that person is feeling better and, and, um, you know, we're making a difference in each other's lives, but I try not to go there. I do have some days that um, every day is a good day, but there's some days that are better than others. Um, About in uh, 2019, um, my 20-year-old grandson um, died. And so we were very, very close. 
And so that's been pretty devastating still. But I think about the good times and, um, you know, I just try to do something that makes somebody else's day better. 